Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps, and for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search, focus that fire. And so we come together. Join us. Join the discussion. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome back for episode 130 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on May 11th over on twitch.tv slash Focus Fire Chat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Our topic for tonight's episode is going to be a look at gunsmiths. But first, let's run through a quick introduction of those on the show for tonight. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 We also have the man who has been said has the voice of a flower, an individual who goes by many names and maybe even will stay awake for this episode, Justin Sane 0516. What guys do you have on for us tonight, Justin? What? No. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey. Hey, what's up, guys? Um I'm going with uh, Egon Smith. <laughs> Come on, I got a chortle from Beard. <laughs> that, was, that was from Blue, actually. E- yeah, that was e- Egon Smith. Yeah, but here's your problem. You didn't tell me about the Twinkie. <sighs> My Twinkie? What Twinkie? The Twinkie. Twi- are you. <laughs> He doesn't know the reference. Are you telling me you don't understand a Ghostbusters reference right now? Is that what you're telling me at the moment? All I know is do re me Egon. No. Look, that's one of the worst. Look, it was Ghostbusters 2 the only thing you watched out of that series? Because if that's the case, and if you say the new one, then you're completely disqualified. No, like, completely. You managed to piss off both Beard and I in one fell swoop. <laughs> look, look, look. I did see the first one, okay? What? Uh, no, you change that right now. You get completely <laughs> off the show right now. You go watch that. Like, I don't know what you're talking oh, about right now. I said I, How are I you said alive? I... How are you a human being without actually watching that movie? What is going... I said I did watch it. <laughs> I said I did watch it, Beard. Okay, okay. Well... <sighs> the most appropriate a, time. Go get a Snickers. Go get no. a Snickers, because you're not... You, I'm not... Uh, whatever. Just go get... I'm, just, I'm, I'm, get out. Just, just, you know what? Just, I'm just changing, changing my name. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. You do not... You, uh, you uh, don't know about the Twinkie, and you can't tell me about the Twinkie. You do uh, not deserve you know God in your name. I'm changing my Harold name. Harold Ramis, me. God rest his soul. Is he dead? Yes! Oh, okay. Oh, God. Is he dead? <laughs> Listen. That's it. I'm done. Listen, listen. 
this is oh, it's over. I'm going to change my name to Lady Gunsmith Mombasso, and it's, we're going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my good god! Any all right? Any drinks you earned at Guardian Con are over. You, oh, you can't, you're dang. cantankerous. <laughs> I was assured blue that if I came back, I would be first among equals. (laughs) Wait, no. When did that happen? Was that ever assured? In my contract. (laughs) Contract. Man, he he made you sign a contract? He just trusts us. Shh. Shh. Anyways, let's move on. I feel like this is. I feel like this is like. The Infinity Gauntlet after Thanos snapped. Like, that's what this is right now. Like, I feel like it's done. To speak, to, as, as, Pins, as Pin says in chat, to speak of Justin saying 0516 is to accept, accept certain limitations. We are ill-equipped to understand an entity that defies simple causality. Let us accept these limitations and move along. <laughs> move it along. So next up, we have our own master of social media, the one and only green-eyed music lover. Green, I hope you're doing well. How has the week treated you so far? You know? (laughs) I don't even know how to answer that at this point. It was going great. You can answer it like that. I broke all the intros. Because I can't remember the significance of Twinkies. I, I feel like I've been wiped. All of a sudden. <laughs> Maybe reset per chance. Oh, God. <sighs> Although, are resets a happy thing? Or are they not? Uh, I mean, as we found out, apparently it's because your brain finds out that you're inside of a frame, so you tell me. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. And rounding out the usual team, we do have the grizzly bearded cultivator of Spinfoil himself, Beard Grizzly. Beard. <laughs> I'm afraid to ask, but how are you doing tonight? <laughs> well, again, I was doing absolutely fantastic until that happened. Right, oh, but seriously. Oh, I remember the Twinkie now. <laughs> oh, now you remember. <laughs> you know what? The real question intro... is, did he get on Wikipedia? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, did he get on Wikipedia? Did he go watch it on I, YouTube real quick? No, like, I didn't please, YouTube, YouTube, tell me about the Twinkie. For God's sake, tell me about the Twinkie before I lose do all my drinks. Do not type that into YouTube. No, no, I would not do that. That's a really bad please, idea, probably. Please, dear God, tell me about the Twinkie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to say that it was great until Justin completely derailed it. Uh, realistically, there was a lot of awesome things that uh, that kind of happened this week. But, yeah, we had War Mind, of course, release. And I think overall that was pretty positive. Uh, we had uh, J- Batman Ninja that came out, which Ooh. completely flew under my radar that that was released. And, my God, that is just one of the best things that I think DC has ever produced. And it was all done by a fan-made thing or all caused from a, ma- a fan-made thing. And then my guilty pleasure of a Final Fantasy mobile game released Sephiroth this week, so I have nothing to complain about. You know, I'm totally good. Except yeah. for, Except the for Justin. Except for the no. Twinkie. It's still Except good. Except for the Twinkie. It's first fine. Of all, first of all, 
you haven't lived until you've seen a Megazord made entirely of monkeys fight two Transformers. Oh my god! So, oh my god, Batman <laughs> Ninja. I'm so confused. Yes. No. Oh, just Batman, Batman Ninja. Ninja. Okay. Okay. <laughs> if you if you are in any part of uh, like it's somewhat like liking of anime or or Japanese culture or anything like that, if you want to just like laugh at the absurdity of something. Batman Ninja is perfect for it while still taking itself pretty seriously. It's Mm -hmm. wonderful. Nice. Well, and finally, once again, in our esteemed seat of honor, we do have our dear friend, Purple Chimera. Purple, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's been quite a week. Um, Lots of of things to go through um, on Ishtar. The, yeah. the API has yeah, been I, filled, yeah. and I'm very happy. <laughs> I looked at the releases, and I'm like, 80 plus. Oh, God, my next yeah. week is screwed. It's so amazing. It oh. makes me happy. <laughs> Purple's like, I know, it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Purple as the archive archivist is just like, yes, give me more. All, all of the things, yes. Yes. Oh, man. All right, well. Last week, we asked the community, which foundry did you like the best in regards to the aesthetics of their guns? So we got some responses in, and I'm going to hand it over to Green for that. You know, it was actually pretty level-headed all the way through. Um, No fights, surprisingly. Did get a little nasty when somebody mentioned that Amelon was the best because they're they're, uh, liquid liquid guns. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I figured because... if you want a water gun, it's fine. Whatever. <clears throat> to each their own. But, uh, yeah, lots of people like Tex Mechanica. I'm surprised we didn't get more for um, Crux Lamar. Hmm. I literally only had one person submit that, and that may just be because we we um, don't have Galaborn anymore. Well, I'm going to say they're not as... They're not as prevalently known, I guess you could say, anymore, because even most of our, I guess the only, like, Crux Lomar-related thing is the Sparrow that still looks like, uh, what was it, the the Napalm firing one. Now I can't remember what the name of the exact Dragon's was. Breath. Dragon's mm-hmm. Breath, thank you. Like, that's the that's the only thing that we have that's, like, even close to Crux Lomar relation, as far as I remember. They almost yeah. seem like they've been, like, pushed almost completely out of it all. I was going to say I was very surprised there wasn't a more groundswell of support for Nadir. But there was none. <laughs> yeah, no, right? It's almost well, like a and- low point of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I, did I was waiting for that who, one. Somebody yeah. did mention Vice, which they're yeah. just like, boo, snakes. Yep. <laughs> I just like the color. Yeah, Vice. I like it's Vice. It's not all... It's not all snakes, Justin. It's also like other things that are poisonous, like spiders and such. Right. Oh, tell me more. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a wonderful topic. The other one that I, I didn't see much of throughout the throughout the week was uh, Cassoid. I don't think anybody yeah. even mentioned Cassoid. No one mentioned Cassoid. We had mentions for Amelon, Tex Mechana, and Suros were the three mm-hmm. big ones. And Suros, wow. is, I'm not surprised with that one, because that was the one that, yeah. I mean, Bungie's pushed Suros since... Before day one, right? Hake yeah. did show up too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that's the ones that I would have expected. The ones that we had that were basically the the ones with the uh, fact not faction the, the 
Armstay stuff. Armstay uh, stuff. And then yeah. we also had uh, Tex Mechanica, and that's mostly because, hey, we like Last Word. You I know, want Last Word back. Thing. I want First Me Curse too. back. Everybody's like, I want Last Word. No, I want First Curse. Mm. To go back, though, mm. Crux, Crux only did Rockets, didn't they? Did we have anything from they Crux? Did. Yeah. That wasn't because no, they, they we had truth, truth, Yellowhorn, and Dragon's Breath, right? There that was, was I, wasn't it. there a rare? Was there, there was a, a rare? Oh yeah, a couple legendaries. It wasn't the Baron, like, was it? Um, was the Baron one of them? I forget. I I honestly didn't pay attention to most. I didn't use rocket launchers other than Hunger of Crota. Gallahorn. Yeah. Well, see, I was a miter runner. So uh, I had I had my exotic already used up with Mida or Icebreaker. Uh, we did have one like right in that's not an official, <laughs> not an official foundry. I love it, um, Mister Mister Infested Potato said, "Whatever foundry Rasputin runs, the Ballin Forge." Oh no, right? Chargoon Chargoon also wrote in. Oh, did he write? Oh, he just he just wrote in, didn't he? Yeah, just today. Uh, where's that one at? I don't have he, that he one. He was quote. he was the one that said he said not sure if these count, but I like the chiclet guns from King's Fall. They look and sound uh, organic, no. <laughs> and the machine gun shoots fangs. <laughs> I want the machine gun back from night or from uh. That was uh. DK. Was it Quillum? Was Quillum's it Dristan? I thought it was Quillum's Terminus, wasn't uh, it? Well, the auto rifle or the or the no, machine the machine gun, the heavy uh, machine Quill- gun. Quillum's Terminus. Yeah. Look, I just want Thunderlord back, and I'm just gonna put that at an end. Thunderlord, or what were the other two? Nova Mortis and Abaddon. Abaddon? No, Thunderlord, because they screwed up the coding on the other two. <laughs> I, I was, you know, honestly. If I was using a heavy machine gun, it was a uh, Yodler's hammer, and that was <laughs> or super good. About honest, oh my god! So this, re- this reminds me, Justin. You'll remember this conversation, but do you remember when we first got super good advice and we were reading the lore on it? And it, I, I swear, what we should have gotten with super good advice was a little heads up display with a little emoticon that looked like the uh, supervisor from Halo um, ODST, <laughs> and it should have been because like super good advice was always like presented as like this this like snarky AI based gun. And it would have just been like the perfect opportunity for a little emoticon face to be like when it's fully loaded to have like a happy face when it's, you know, out of ammo. It's a sad face when it's, you know, just yeah. media like, oh, I still I still have that picture in my head of that that particular heads up display. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Um, Just FYI, there are three blue um, weapons that mention Crux Lamar in their description, but they're all rocket launchers mm-hmm. are is any of them what or is one of them baron or is silvered that... warmonger painted camelot and primed con okay so they were all rulers yeah yeah they're they and they all have well silvered warmonger sa slash four painted camelot sa slash right. four and okay. primed con rs slash four hmm yeah we're all waiting for that next DLC, Faisal Goes West, but yes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Justin, why do you sound so far away? 
because he's old. Because he got yelled at by a twink about a twinkie the afraid, last time he was. I was afraid I was gonna get hit. <laughs> Look, that's, that's what by I was, a twinkie. That's what I. <laughs> leaning back, I didn't want to get not, caught. Not gonna. Okay, moving on. <laughs> well, as always. Love hearing everyone's feedback. Uh, this week's question to the community, I believe, did we did we ever settle on which what it is this week? No. Well, at this usual. point, at this point, <laughs> I think the question is, do you know about the Twinkie? Do, do you know because about the, the answer is no. I don't know about the Twinkie. You're wrong. There's the Baird answer for you, which I have to give apparently every single week. Every what week, if, huh? We bring up the Twinkie every week. No, not the Twinkie every week. It's just me going, why is it? Why? What is your favorite gunsmith? And why is it Shiro 4? And why are you wrong otherwise? That's one such example. Or the one previously where it was like, hey, or th- this one where it was like, hey, what is your favorite uh, weapons foundry? And why is it Amalan? And why are you wrong otherwise? <laughs> I'm I mean, just, if you I'm just want going a squirt gun, the state fine. Here. Shoot a squirt gun. <laughs> it is it not a squirt feelings. gun. It is not a squirt gun. That is not a metaphor. <laughs> Green hide music lava. Um. So, real quick question. I <clears throat> next week's topic, and we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. Next week's topic is going to be the guardian guardian's potential, especially in light of the traveler having woken up. Um. Do we want to do what do you think the next challenge is going to be for our guardians to overcome? I'd be okay with that. Yeah. I'm with that. I know the other the other option is what why are some guardians more special than others? I think was the other one that we mm. were throwing around. Mm. That's an answer only a mother can give. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, we're going with the first one. <laughs> All right, so (laughs) I know everyone here is looking forward to diving into the discussion, so let's run through our standard intro notes, and then we'll get right into it. In our last episode of Focus Fire Chat, we discussed the lore surrounding the lead-up to the Warmind DLC. If you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out FocusFireChat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you don't mind, please rate and, if you can, review the show on iTunes, Podbeans, or whichever podcasting app you use to enjoy podcasts. Reviews are extremely helpful as they not only let us know what we can do better, but help us stay on the charts, which helps others find our amazing community. To those of you who have already taken the time to leave us a review, thank you. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday, at around 10pm Central, we get together to stream a high-level summary of the previous week's chat for those who were unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, links of which can be found in our show notes or on our website. And if you're a fan of lore in all its various forms, please be sure to check out thelorenetwork.com, where you can find a wide variety of some amazing content covering a number of different titles and mediums. 
Our next chat is going to be a discussion on guardian potential. As always, please be sure to weigh in on the poll this weekend to let us know which topic you want to discuss after that. Links to that poll can be found on either Twitter, at FocusFireChat, or within our Discord server. With all that being said, here's Green with a high-level summary of tonight's topic. (laughs) Gear up, Guardian! Today, we venture off into the great... Oh, (laughs) you don't have anything. Well, that won't do at all. One can't expect to accomplish anything quickly if you aren't outfitted properly. Here, give this to the gunsmith and he'll set you up nicely. That is, if he can remember to do so. You know, on the other hand, go see those quartermasters. Oh, right. They aren't doing that anymore. Ah, shanks. I guess you really do have to go talk to the old rust bucket. Alright then, let him know I sent you. No, I know he might not remember me, but trust me, he'll fulfill his end of the deal, even if he isn't really all there. Before we jump into the information and thoughts that the community had about gunsmiths, however, let's have a quick chat about this week's Lost Lore. All right, so this week I think we're going to take a step a little bit out of the game world and actually talk a little bit about actual historic or actual historical events uh, in regards to the art of gunsmithing, just because it, it is kind of relevant. Um, so real quick to kind of introduce this idea in reality, uh, gunsmithing is an actual uh, is an actual trade. It is a person who repairs, modifies, designs, or builds firearms. So it's it's a, a concept of smithing uh, was originally kind of like the blacksmiths. Um, you also <clears throat> will see sometimes like silversmith, like you have specialized forms of smithing, but it's usually someone who actually deals with that trade. It's very hands-on. It's, um, you know, blacksmithing, again, is very, it's a very, very specialized trade. Um, to kind of give you a history of gunsmiths, Basically, the first firearms, if you guys know this, the first firearms date back to about the 1200s, and they were invented in China. And this technology actually did eventually make it to Europe. And it was there that Italian craftsmen assembled that area as the Europeans' first gun barrels. So the thing about that, though, is at that time in history... Individuals who did work in that type of field were required really to be in what were called guilds. And these were uh, basically, for for a lack of a better example, and this is a gross oversimplification, it was kind of a union. Um, what this would do is it would, it would ensure that those individuals were protected uh, from economical strong arming as well as promoting different things, making sure that there was a standard uh, design and standard quality, not just for them, but for also their patrons and, and so on. And really at the first, at the introduction of gunsmithing, gunsmiths were a very specialized trade. 
Uh, it was a very new trade. And so they didn't have a guild at that time. And it wasn't until about mid 1400s and actually about 1463 is one of the first times that we see a document of a guild. And that was in Seoul, Germany. But they actually became when they when they started, they joined up with blacksmiths guilds. Um, and so it was from about the 1200s around that point, maybe 1300s till about mid 1400s, they were actually considered blacksmiths. And it was about 14, about midway through 1400s that they actually gained enough ground and gained enough really political and economical capital that they actually were able to split off and build and form their own guilds. So to kind of touch base on what it is that gunsmithing is at that time, So the current idea of a gun is actually a very modern version. Um, The the original guns, uh, we kind of talked, we were kind of joking about this in the intro, but the original guns were really, really primitive. They were very basic from today's standards. Uh, The musket even was actually a more advanced form than the earlier, like flintlock pistols and stuff like that. And at that time, the average time it took to construct like a flintlock or you know a bluster bus or any of those guns about the average time was about 400 hours and that was for a single gun so i mean it was a it was a very demanding trade and not only that but the trade actually demanded an enormous amount of knowledge um you had to be a master in, in various trades so it wasn't just metalworking it was also woodworking um you had some degree of chemical knowledge because you had to understand gunpowder. Uh, it, it was it was a very tedious process, and apprentices were known to spend years before they were even eligible to test out and become not even a journeyman, but like a well, I guess a journeyman, but not a master. I mean, a master would have been doing this this particular trade for the majority of his or his life. Um, and so again, these were these were just the most basic forms. So like the concept of, you know, the idea of rifling, which is for those who might not be super familiar with uh, gun design, rifling is a concept in which you take you take the barrel and you actually score the in- uh, so from a metal smithing point of view, scoring is when you kind of etch something into the metal and rifling is the idea of scoring a spiral inside the barrel and what this does is this actually spin so when you fire the metal slug in the the, in the early versions of guns it would just bounce down this this chamber and that's where you have musket fires which is why you with it's in that particular time period if you look at the way that um especially like the British Redcoats were very famous for this. The the firing lines, that is why you had lines of soldiers. You didn't have sharpshooters. A sharpshooter for a musket is kind of a, a oxymoron because muskets, what they would do is basically it was a round ball of metal that would literally just bounce its way down a barrel and then kind of slingshot out in a general vicinity. And so if you didn't have a line of fire, you weren't going to hit anything. Um, which is why when you had an introduction of rifling or even the guerrilla warfare tactics that you saw in, you know, American, the American revolution, that's why it messed with the the redcoats so much was because the normal practice of war was not one on, it wasn't this like hit and run tactics. It was, you lined up, 
across the field from each other and you kind of just lobbied metal balls at each other like it really was very small versions of cannons so what they did was they eventually came up with this idea of rifling uh and rifling was like i said it's the scoring of this of a spiral inside the barrel that basically makes that slug spin and that does a number of things it makes it a it makes it significantly more accurate because as part of that spin it is actually making the slug shoot straight so now when you shoot out of a rifled barrel your your bullet will actually go where you're pointing or the general vicinity of where you're pointing instead of with a musket you literally would have a i think it was a spread of about maybe 90 to 100 degrees outside of your the end of your barrel that 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 particular bullet could go you never knew um and then yeah justin i know you wanted to oh I was just oh yeah, say, yeah, yeah yeah the ball the ball versus mm-hmm. like yeah yeah it's anyone who's ever thrown a baseball can tell you the the uh, how a pitcher throws a curveball is he he puts spin on it so as the air drags across the curved surface of the sphere it actually produces a curved flight path so the only way the only way to make a ball go straight is exactly what you're mm-hmm. what you're talking about, right? right? Going at that speed. Well, and that's also where you see the evolution of from a musket ball into an actual what we consider a bullet today. You know, yeah. is that kind of like it's it's actually a a flat end with a little bit of a round. I don't know. It's a really weird thing to describe, but like, well, and then you yeah, have like arms like have a bullet. longer. Mm-hmm. A, a longer length dimension than right. it has a a, a face, I, right? That and the, and sense. that also gives you that gives you a higher speed as well. Yeah, um, well, and that's also due to the the way that bullets have also been uh, created over time. Correct. Yeah, and also there are means of how they're propelled because the mm-hmm. blasting cap mm-hmm. was not something that was built as a typical thing. That's why that's we went true. From yeah, balls to bullets. As a ball, if you're talking a smoothbore rifle like we would have used even through the Civil War ages, then at that point you would have actually loaded it with a blasting cap, uh, gunpowder, and a couple other things before you put the ball into the uh, barrel of the gun. And this actually led to the ball, actually, the, the mini ball actually being uh, propelled through the rifle and outward. Uh, it's also what caused... Yep. It's it's also what caused uh, a, a few of those rifles to then be pushed away because as they developed rifling, and especially when we started seeing guys like uh, Smith & Wesson or mm-hmm. others uh, produce weaponry, they were then involving rifling, and this also brought about increased casualties that we started to see about the Civil War. That's another reason we started to use guerrilla tactics quite a bit more, because we developed this new technology, and we almost needed to, otherwise casualties were going to kind of start turning into Gettysburg or Antietam levels almost every day. Right. And, you know, and actually talking about that, the history of the Smith and Wesson and Browning rifles are is actually a really fascinating story, if you have any interest same in with, that. Uh, same with revolvers. Revolvers, I yeah. Now. The, oh what is it? Uh, Colt and... Um, Oh, what was I we had? Uh, you I had Sam Colt. You also had Smith and Wesson. They Smith's, were the yeah, Smith and Wessons. Yeah, the history of they, I think it was Smith and Wesson. Like the political history of that development from a family's perspective was is just really yeah. fascinating. 
Well, you also um, had the uh, the Winchesters. The Winchester, Winchesters that was the one that was family. Yeah, Winchesters was the one that I was thinking of. That was the one that there that family has. That that is a very interesting story to read. Is the mm-hmm. the history of that? Um, yeah, and Pins Remington's, Remington, Pins. Remingtons were yeah, Remingtons were really big. Um, but to kind of those are still the yeah, four Remingtons big are. families mm-hmm. we have. Like we've got Colt, we've got Remington, Smith and Wesson. Uh, and you've got, uh, yeah, Winchesters, and they're still pretty well the big four that we have in terms of uh, gunsmiths that you kind of know of throughout the the American regions. Mm-hmm. They're they're very popular firearms because they've held the uh, test of time. Not all of their weapons have, but just to to kind of put it in uh, in overall demeanor for these these gunsmiths and their families. They've uh, kind of been the ones that have crafted these weapons and uh, further and beyond than I would say probably any or most others have. Oh, Not yes. to say that, it's... you know, like German or or other manufacturers haven't done a very big job because it's been a more of a collaborative effort over time, kind of like how it has been for since the, the Chinese and above as we've moved through history. It's, right. it's almost and... always been a collaborative effort. Yeah, and I know like the big jump there was especially with uh the Browning rifle and a um Browning rifle and the Winchesters and the combination of the uh oh the, the it wasn't the Calvary rifle, it was the uh I can't, I just blanked on the name, but it's the the way that you would reload. Um the the rifle would allow for one-handed reloads while on horseback. Oh. It, a lever oh, action lever action yeah, yeah but i mean like repeater. if yeah repeater if you uh mm-hmm. but you know like the repeater with the the lever on the bottom right yeah yeah, that's, yeah. that's a lever, lever action. action yeah lever action yeah. repeaters it's uh what you see arnold use in in t2 with the uh what is yes the, the model yeah night, uh shoot 1882 was it uh the the sawed off yeah piece. Yeah, and and like yeah. the story of that particular gun's development, like I'm I'm not I'm not joking. Like taking just taking the gun out of it, like just just talking about the political development of this family's development, and you you kind of see this in game too, in in Destiny to kind of bring it back towards Destiny. This actually is not unique to Destiny. The political mm-hmm. infighting that went on in Gunsmiths and Destiny and with the weapons foundries is actually calm is actually very peaceful compared to some of the infighting that you see with with winchester uh with uh the colt uh and the smith and wessons and the browning especially the browning rifle was i think it was browning and winchester that they were the two powerhouses that went at each other and obviously the winchester the winchester yeah the winchester obviously through uh dubious means uh the winchester actually won that and um, it, it's it's just it's it's a fascinating fascinating history, but to kind of bring it to to kind of put it in perspective, uh, I was talking to Green about this before the show, and she made the comment about like, you know, okay, so your your initial mer- versions of the guns that were taking about four hundred hours, which I mean, that that's a, it's an enormous amount of time, and that was for a mm-hmm. single gun. To put it in perspective. The average time to construct a musical instrument such as a violin, and this is just a basic violin. This isn't like your super fancy, you know, Stradivarius. Stradivarius, which I, uh, st- I I tried to find a time frame for Stradivarius. The problem with Stradivarius is we don't know how they were made, really. Um, mm-hmm. So we can't put a time stamp like on how long it takes. But an average 
standard violin would take about 200 hours to put together. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, that that is a long time to put together a anything, which is also why these people were were considered very specialized tradesmen and they they you know again guilds were very very territorial especially about the master tradesmen um and i'm actually going to kind of use that to kind of segue into the introduction of the gunsmiths because the important thing to hear to remember is that the gunsmiths themselves these are these are so when we talk about gunsmiths these are the individuals who are experts at creating and repairing the guns of the city and destiny um, and so basically, you know, why, why do we care about these individuals? Because these are the individuals who are maintaining all of the economy that is being done by these weapon foundries. Um, so they deal with the creation and maintenance of firearms, the invention of new firearms, which is very important for some of these foundries, such as the Crux Lomar, uh, foundry, which we talked about a little bit in the introduction there. But, um, Sorry. Oh, yeah, purple. That's a really good. Good. Sorry, point. I didn't mean to distract you. No, no, no. Sorry, I just I saw the message pop up and I was like, what? What's this? Um. So you want to you want to let me let me go through the rest of this real quick yeah. and then I will swing yeah. back around that because that's a that's a really interesting point. Um. So real quick, gunsmiths. They're uh they are not weapon foundries. That is a very different thing. They work. A lot of them will work for weapon foundries, but there are independents. You have uh the Stoic. You have Gaunt. Uh. You you know there's there's a few known gunsmiths that are sure independent. Tolan. Yeah. To- no. <laughs> Tolan. God. Can't ever get away from Tolan. Um, we could also say Osiris. We could also yeah, say I mean, well, I mean, Guardians to, a, to, a Guardians to a large degree. And that's actually kind of on uh, te- with Tex Mechanica's, you know, mentality there as well. Um, where do we see them? Obviously, predominantly, this is going to be around the last city, which is the kind of the economical hub of the game world in Destiny. And when? Um, well, Throughout history, humanity has always had gunsmiths. Uh, There's a few interesting little tidbits that actually got pretty much canonized, I would say, in the Warmind DLC, one being Asimov. Uh, We now know that Asimov's Law of Robotics exists in the Destiny universe. Um, which yep. kind of which which is actually really cool because that kind of ties Destiny's universe into our own universe in a way, um, and in and, and a lot of ways actually, and that makes uh, it makes a lot of the it, we'll say yeah yeah, <laughs> and it makes well and what that what I what I like about that is that means that the history that we just got done talking about in our Lost Lore is mm-hmm. actually applicable to Destiny. Right. We can actually kind of be like okay now we have the grounds and the precedent to kind of say this is actually you know similar. Um, Same with our space race and everything correct, else yeah, that we have the cosmonauts. As we've gone through uh, like it, it all ties in wonderfully. Uh, political disputes uh, being mm-hmm. another one that really makes me think, especially with some of the new lore entries as well, uh, because of uh, the is it the catamaran or the Ares One team? It depends on which which time frame you're you're looking at there. <laughs> right. um, so yeah, and so gunsmiths are are going to be. You know, these are the the experts. These are the people who know what they're doing so well that they can like do it in their sleep. And they they are like the geniuses of this time. Um, And before I kind of go into one of my big points about this being actually one of the more essential trades of humanity, I'm going to actually go back to Purple's comment. Um, So, Purple, you want to talk about what you were distracting me with with just a second ago? (laughs) 
Um, sure. So earlier, I think it might have been before the show, um, we were discussing the name Clovis Bray and how the um, kind of tour guide AI um, things that we can listen to. Sometimes it sounds like that Clovis is not a person, but kind of like a generic entity or title or something like that. Um, But we have a lot of support that says there was a Clovis person as well, like having a Clovis Bray the second um, kind of implies that there was a first one. So then it got me thinking that um, perhaps because Clovis named his company after himself, that that, um, that his name became an eponym, which if you don't know what an eponym is, um, it's someone whose name becomes the word associated with it, um, with whatever their discovery or invention or, or whatever. Um, so for example, Bic pens, the, the ballpoint pen that mm-hmm. we, mm-hmm. you know, steal from the bank. Bic mm-hmm. was a person. <laughs> We count those, um, by the way. We watch you while you steal them. Why? <laughs> hey, listen. Do you know how much those cost? You know, after a while, those things are not cheap. <laughs> sorry, sorry, purple. It's okay. Um, but anyway, there are lots of eponyms. Um, you can Google them if you like. Um, but anyway, that, that was just a, a thought that I had I, because the, and we know a couple things about the golden age. It's unusual for an eponym to become so ubiquitous um, immediately, but mm-hmm. we do know that um, humanity, you know, lifespan what tripled. Mm-hmm. So um, it's possible that that happened, you know, during that time frame because I don't, while I'm sure that lifespan tripled, I don't know that that meant necessarily that language development would slow, you know, proportionally. So, well, it would make sense though that it would, right? Because I'm sure that it would slow, but I don't know that if it would. Oh, proportion. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Like proportion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that that does make sense. Believe me, I so, went down. Beard, beard, and uh, green can attest to the rabbit hole that I went down the other day with that concept of lifespan tripling and the the idea of the timeline that that actually presents within the destiny universe it was there was a lot of painful math in my brain <laughs> so just to to kind of i guess bring a full circle if you will talking about uh weapons and that right as well uh one of the more as uh pens reminds uh reminds me of in chat cult was famous for a very very big uh, revolver by the name of the Peacemaker. Okay. Is that similar to kind of what you're saying? Just to kind of put more of an example towards uh, what you're what you're looking at. Like I know the the idea is like Clovis is now the the president status, if you will, I suppose. But does that also apply, I guess, to the to the weapons or something like that? Like the Colt Peacemaker, even though Colt's a company. Um. Yeah, I think that it probably is used in a similar way. We would certainly say, like, if you had a a cult 
pistol, you wouldn't necessarily say, um, I have a gun made by the cult comp, you know, company or whatever. Um, you know, obviously it was named after, after Samuel Colt who, who founded the company, mm-hmm. but you would just say, I have a cult, you know, like people know what that means. Um, so that is a, a kind of, uh, I guess a subsect of eponyms. Um, so in that sense, I guess, um, it could be similar to the, to Clovis. Um, the line that, that caught me up on it was, um, gosh, now I can't think of what it, what it said. It was like, we are all Clovis or something like that. Oh, oh don't yeah. forget you yeah. are Clovis Bray. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, but like, we don't have it really the context for that line, right? It's a line that could mean the like the company, like if, if this is a tour for employees, like if it's an internal thing, you know, maybe it's like the intro tour for new employees. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, it could mean it like that way. Um, or... It could be we we know that Clovis put out a call for people to bring their inventions. You know the mm. what was the card? Um, like bring uh, me your Meridian grandchildren, Bay. or we want your grandchildren, or whatever. The Meridian yeah. Bay card, yeah, the creepy card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we want your we so, want your children. <laughs> no, not like that. Your, your grandkids. <laughs> um, but so like to me, I always read that as a like a public, you know, call. Um, it it didn't feel like it was something they posted just to their employees. Oh, yeah. um, okay. So um, in that case, it, that that you know, we are all Clovis Bray line could be like that the company of Clovis Bray is trying to get garner support from the general public for some reason to you know help them invent things or make the world better or whatever it is that they're trying to do. You mean so, to keep their shady inventions underneath well. everything? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, so that too. Is essentially Big Weld from the movie Robots. <laughs> I mean, it's he not wrong. It's not wrong. Say something about the term. What is it? The Terminator Company and Skynet. What was the other one? Yeah. Oh, you're. Uh, it was uh, the Tyrell Corporation. The Tyrell Corporation. Yeah. yeah. And it, it is also uh, Alien with the Wayland Utani Corporation. Uh, Those were the two that were highly referenced in the live stream. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I continue to think, oh no, they really weren't as good as we think they well, were. And you want to talk about a rabbit hole, the Wayland Ugh. Corporation and the connection between aliens. Yeah, and the connection and, with and the, the high being underneath a facility right, in right, Mars yeah. that they kind of maybe the, built something on top yeah. of. Oh, what came first? Did the Whaling Corporation come first, or did the did the discovery of extra exo life come? Oh, oh, you mean like I talked about last week? Yeah, that I'm yeah. still on that. I'm still trying to figure out, and I still am the Tyrell, thinking, oh, the Tyrell, yeah, no, the Tyrell yeah. Corporation. Now all I have is the idea of uh, of Clovis Bray, who is now it firmly ingrained in my head as Stephen Fry. By the way. Um, sitting You're behind welcome. a yeah, sitting behind a desk making a little uh, unicorn out of uh, wrapper paper. I love yeah. Fry. Yeah. Uh, I but was, I was also thinking of like walking through a couple double doors and being like, "Dwarves, go get me gold." That's 
Or that too. <laughs> or that too. No, I was. Um, oh shoot. It was something about Wayland and uh, oh, that that's right. The Tyrell Corporation relation. Uh, I was actually thinking more on the lines of uh, the exo science that was done, but more right. about uh, exos in general. And I kind of find it funny that they related all of that back to it because talking about resets and how Blade Runner work, uh, <laughs> utilizes itself. Uh, that's actually giving me more thought than I had before. Like, honestly, if we're going to relate everything back to these movies, uh, that just that just gave us, as a lore community, a lot more to start relating to and, um, and to have firepower for. Let's let's be honest, Beard. The reason why I'm excited that we're relating it back to Blade Runner is because that gives me a, a hope of getting my hands on one of those pistols. Oh, yeah. In-game. Oh, totally. oh my God. Right. Oh. Right. So anyway, yeah. I feel like we got for those, a huge change. Yeah, for those here, of you who I'm don't sorry. know what I'm talking about, go watch Blade Runner because God, oh. weapon weapon so, wise, that gun is amazing. <laughs> Chat, if we're talking guns, I want Judge Dreads. Oh yeah, fair, nice. fair enough. Actually, but, I want um, Robocops back. Uh, you know, oh. give, me, give me my trespasser. Well, because I was about uh, to say, it wasn't that the trespasser was, was sort it? of, but I didn't, I didn't have alt fire on it. Like I couldn't switch uh, it from like single. What to, was to standard? What was the? There was a Titan leg, wasn't Peacekeepers? Was that the one that had yep. the Robocop function? Yeah, little yes. pocket. Yeah. Yep. So, oh man. yeah, guns are kind of important in Destiny. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Um, which actually kind of brings me to the next point that I was going to talk about. I, I kind of was like, you know, while it's not the oldest profession of humanity, it's definitely one of the most essential. <laughs> ah, I'm so glad someone g- giggled at that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and the and the reason I say that is because. You know, it kind of what Beard is kind of making the the point here is like not only is Destiny obviously a first person shooter, but inside the game world. So think about this: the city economy is driven by this substance called glimmer. Um, and the thing is, is that the thing about glimmer is it is literally described as programmable matter. So stop for a second and think about that. So what you're talking about is the currency that you are using is then turned around and actually used to make things. We are actually in a trade, like a literal trading community. And that's why Glimmer is such an important commodity is because that's literally what is being used to create the world in which we exist. So it is actually used in part to make the weapons that we use in the game. So that means that those individuals who are very skilled in smithing, which, by the way, if you're very skilled in something, that means that you can make more or something better out of less material. Um so those who are skilled with smithing or glimmer smithing, I'd almost go ahead and call it, are going to be in high demand by the companies which rely on that creation of devices to make their income. Uh, and you, you'll actually see this in, in a number of dialogue lines from Banshee 44 and from actually there's a ghost fragment uh, or a couple of ghost fragment cards with shacks dealing with uh, Tex Mechanica and their their attempts to to throw crucible matches because that's how we find out that foundries actually showcase weapons in the crucible to kind of show you know oh this gun is better than our than our competitors but bun uh bungee banshee actually makes a comment about uh cassoid 
Yeah, same thing. Cassoid and Daito. Wow. In uh, in the sense that he actually makes a comment. I think it's Cassoid he makes a comment about. It. He's like, "Oh, this is a good this is a good design," but we can't tell them because it'll go straight to their heads. Or so mm-hmm. it, I, I I think it was mm-hmm. was that Cassoid or was it Daito? It was one of them was Cassoid, and the other one was like, well, "Don't don't let the Daito representative get get away with it" or something. Well, it was ca- I think it was Cassoid because most of the Dido stuff is like Dido's asking for more glimmer. Oh, that's in. right. Yeah. Um, no, what what's going on in their heads down there or something like that? He's like people are dying right. and they're they're worried about glimmer. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, meanwhile, that carries into another theory. Oh yeah, things, I was about to say that's that for does, another day. That does actually. I was about to. I was about to mention that too. Um, yeah. So yeah, and and so you know, again, political events going on behind the scenes within the destiny universe and and this actually kind of gets into economy this kind of gets into the conversation with banshee a little bit you know i I know Uh, a lot of people have this question about banshee and before we jump into i mean i guess banshee is technically a gunsmith i mean he is described as mm -hmm. such in game he does have one of those really cool 3d printers behind him um which is also something I, I kind of want to talk about. And Green, do you want to you kind of lead this particular one? I was just actually going to pose a question. We're talking about Banshee being a gunsmith and how they're able to convert uh, Glimmer and everything over. We do have sort of somebody else who can do that, but they're not necessarily considered a gunsmith. Who's Cryptarchs. Well, so like the cryptarchs. Okay, so here they, here's the difference. They decrypt no, the but, engrams, sure. But. Right, but an engram. So so that's a really good point, actually. And I'm I'm gonna I want to kind of explain why I'm kind of interjecting here. Uh, an engram is not so an engram is made of glimmer, but a right. but glimmer is not necessarily always an engram. An engram is actually um, a patch of glimmer that has a coded encryption already built into the programmable matter glimmer in and of itself in its pure state is does not have a program embedded in it so when you say that you're making something out of a glimmer that doesn't necessarily mean that it's an ingram an ingram is something that you pick up and it's a patch of that's why if you look at if you actually look in game at your ingrams those those uh i can't even remember what they look like d20s um do, do, do. yeah whatever it's a d it's a d20 it's a d20 just just whatever it's d20 um if you look at those look at the look at the what it looks like it's it's a ball of glimmer with a with a a core inside of it and so what a cryptarch is doing is a cryptarch is just simply decrypting that data and then enabling the data to go ahead and finish being converted onto the glimmer that's included there whereas my under and this is this is me so this is my understanding whereas a gunsmith is actually the one who is writing the program or is writing the 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 program to program the matter so the cryptarch's just simply translating okay so it's like if you want to buy a bookshelf if you go don't go to don't go to ikea so, so if you go to Ikea, that's like having an engram because you have all the parts and it have instructions and you just follow the directions. Or you can like go to the hardware store and buy your own wood and design your own bookshelf and build it from scratch. That sounds so like guns- more like my 
that's a gunsmith. My so are, like, that's what the gunsmith is. is the artisan versus the mass producer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Dino in chat right now, he says that, you know, basically Ingram is is information without matter. Glimmer is matter without information. That's a good way to put it. Well, so I just wanted to... Glimmer is the glimmer is the the matter with potential, and then the engram is basically the potential that you need the matter for. There is sense. also a uh, new scannable that was placed in the war mine that actually explains the entirety of engrams, like from yeah. start to finish, yeah. uh, and it's absolutely fantastic because it basically says that we got too good for silicon chips, and we needed a different way in order to actually stow or. <laughs> keep information or otherwise handy uh and that basically ended up being the engram and how they ended up forming that uh but it's a super interesting listen i'm not going to try to quote it word for more word for word at this point but uh it's in yeah, the go. lost sector by the hephaestus adventure also area. another side note you can also find the one on exos in there too so mm-hmm. definitely well because they're tied going in they're tied together and then also yep. from to tie back into destiny one that is why on I can't remember the sword. I think it's Dark Drinker. That is why you have to run around the the Mars area and pick up all the relic iron. Is because the relic iron was actually the crystalless basis that Willa used to design Ingrams. She right. kind of piggybacked off the I think it was the molecular structure of the relic iron, and then yep. that's what led to the the eureka moment that led to the creation of ingrams and and glimmer almost i think so based on this this definition and this clarification of the discrepancy between a gunsmith and a cryptarch and glimmer versus an ingram i think we may owe rahul an apology he doesn't write the sheet music he's just playing the piano that's why i'm getting yeah Yeah, it's not, he's not, he's not your, it's not his fault that you rolled a a critical failure on your, your D20. Exactly. Exactly. I still hate him. He's not as bad as what's his name. Chat, chat, chat is immediately, I will never apologize. (laughs) A thousand deaths are not enough. (laughs) No. I'm I'm just saying by that definition, by that definition, by that definition. It is so not his fault. <laughs> Rahul's not that bad, guys. He can't Ives, help Ives was in worse. That. Ives was ten times worse. Yeah, Ives yeah, was He terrible. was just snarkier. Are you? No. You guardians come in here, he take off finest things. He was take snarkier. He was rude. Ives Tyra sucked. for best cryptarch, except for the fact that I thought she was going to end up turning into a jerk, and she wasn't a jerk. Tyra also just can't apparently remember things. Now. I kept waiting <laughs> for her I, in the I making. Waiting the best, for her to knit me a shawl. The best part about Tyra is her ghost name. I know. What was ghost. it? It's, it's ghost. ghost. She refuses to give it a name. And it's no. She says, pick your own name. You can yeah, think about it. what I mean. I know. That's what I mean. It's like, she's like, it's not, I'm not going to give you a name. You can pick your own name. And it like, the ghost gets like all huffy. It's really funny. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's up there with, oh, you have one of the uptight ones. Yes. Oh, that's really good. I, I just love 
how our guardian just laughs. I just I, I, yeah, how he just looks at no. the ghost and it's like hmm. I wanted my guardian to like look and say, right? <laughs> <laughs> And that on that day, time to start talking again. On that day, our guardian started talking, and he looks <laughs> at the camera and goes, "What?" Wow. Okay, so I mean, yeah. So going, kind of pulling back into the conversation there for gunsmiths, though, I think that also kind of you know, green to circle back around to the comment about the cryptarchs. I think that also points back to what really makes these individuals uh, special. Is because they're not they're not just doing. I mean, not to say that the cryptarchs aren't aren't doing a complex task because they are. These engrams are, you know, ancient engrams from from before our time in the golden age. But a gunsmith is actually pretty much reinventing things using stuff as a as a building block for sure. But you know, right. you see that with uh, with Shiro four. And the trespasser, yeah. where he kit bashes the entire thing together, or with um, uh, what's the other? What was the pulse rifle? Outbreak Prime. Outbreak Prime. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that another Shiro kit bash? Because then he then he just like he just like pulled Siva Tech and was like, oh yeah, this looks good, and kind of. Well, most of, most of our Rise of Iron weapons were really like Shiro kit bashes, realistically, because we had the trespasser, which is Shiro 4's weapon. We had uh, Galahorn which actually was infused with SIVA. We oh, had right. uh, the Outbreak Prime, which basically is a SIVA pulse rifle uh, that starts to spew out the mites. And uh, we also had Kvostov's uh, 0X, uh, 0GX, I think it was. Uh, and that was his new model for Kvostov. Like, oh, and, was and that, that Shiro one, I as well? I didn't, I didn't yep. remember that part. Okay. Yeah, he was he was the one that basically said, "Go out and get me the blueprints, and I'll put the thing back together for you." And that's the only uh, rate of fire weapon that we have to choose from that exists that's out there, and that's what makes it so absolutely unique and befitting of that quest line. Just getting it from somebody that works with weapons, uh, but most of our Rise of Iron weaponry that we crafted was all thanks to Shiro. Uh, I think uh, Justin, you might have had something to add to that. Oh, I was just going to kind of further add another analogy into the mix for the difference between a cryptarch and a gunsmith. Mm. Uh, it, it hit me a, a gunsmith is, is like a, you know, it's like a painter who's painting a new painting. Whereas a cryptarch is almost like a, uh, a curator who's recreating an existing work. They they both may mm-hmm. use some of the same they both may use some of the same paints but mm-hmm. and have some of the same skills but um, one of them is creating an original work from raw materials and the other is is um, meticulously recreating an existing work. Right. I like and I, I like that. I actually I like that yeah. example a lot. Your cryptarchs are are also just trying to find history. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. trying to recreate our past through these different engrams, whereas Banshee's building a gun. I'm going to say that's the biggest and difference. You're, you're talking guys that are researching versus guys that are creating. So. Yeah. And is he ever going to be finished with that one Soros gun that's always in his hand? Every no. time? Every no, because it keeps... 
let me tell you, on PC, for some reason, that keeps looking worse and worse every time I see it. So uh, I okay. don't think we need to let him uh, work on any weapons. I think he <laughs> okay. just keeps forgetting that he's got to actually fix it. Has anyone has and anyone checked in the new tower? Does he still have his 3D printer behind him? He does, yeah. Okay. Because I know that was like one of the cool things with uh, in D and Destiny 1 was Do the Do you think gi- he grabbed it on his way through EVAC? I no, he probably forgot behind. about it. I can't leave it behind. I, you know the other the only other thing that I really want to know more about more so than that 3D printer is the God Justin what is it the probability kilns from the city yeah 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 the probability the cat with the, the jelly cat, toast the cat on its with back. the jelly toast on a back oh <laughs> which is the second reference to the Heinlein book <laughs> variable star in one episode <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying Justin I'm trying. There you go. <laughs> But um, to kind of so to kind of go back, you know, we have Banshee. We also have Shiro. Um, the other ones that really kind of come to mind is Gaunt, uh, who is an EXO uh, gunsmith who is renowned. Actually, I don't know if we hear from Gaunt in Destiny Two, but in Destiny One, his no. fusion rifle, uh, seventy-seven wizards, seventy-seven wizard. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was apparently renowned for his wizards, which was, I guess, uh, kind of a similar to like what we were talking about with the cult and the the brownie Did they rifles. Have and like stuff. a like a squad, <laughs> a squad of them. A wizard squad, wizard squad. <laughs> that gun wreck shop in PvP, by the way. It, did. it was it was a fun it was a fun fusion rifle. Um, the other one that comes to mind is the Stoic, though. Uh, the Stoic was more in my mind. I always kind of read saw the Stoic more as a uh, a cryptarch because he kind of mm-hmm. did more research based creation. Uh, you'll know him from Zen Meteor, and then what was the? Did he create another one? Or no, he just has flavor text in Destiny Two, mm-hmm. doesn't he? I don't think he has. Yeah, a, he were. has a weapon. There was uh, a couple things, but most of them are also linked towards our good old favorite, Taco 3. Yeah, I was about to say, and the connection for Destiny 2 really predominantly is Taco 3, who was a co-creator of the Zen Meteor. It was Taco, the Stoic, and I, there was a third person. I can't remember the third individual. Um, yeah, and then there was one other. Apparently, this was kind of an interesting little twist that I found, and Green kind of made a comment about it in her summary. Uh, we don't have quartermasters anymore; they're all gunsmiths. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Archite is Archite ninety nine forty is no longer listed as a quartermaster; he's listed as a gunsmith, which is I, I can I can I have a few theories on like how we could how I could explain that, but I was curious what you guys' thoughts on that particular one was. I think it kind of falls in line with everything but before i put my thoughts out there i'll let uh, justin chime in yeah um i think it's i think it's actually directly in line with the fact that we we had this yeah i mean it definitely wasn't like an opulent palace of a place but but we had a city where we wanted for nothing and um in that we were able to have great stores of inventory for which anyone who's ever ran a big enterprise with a multitude of inventory knows there needs to be someone who's, you know, hurting all those wet cats. So that's what a quartermaster's for. Now we've been booted out of our tower. We've kind of had to um, scrimshaw a new one together. And 
um, rather than having, you know, bureaucrats counting, you know, auto rifles. It's, it's a, it's a much, I guess the, the whole thing I'm trying to say is it, it just falls in line with us having a much more Spartan structure to our, uh, the difference between having a bunch of guns and having to yeah, hold, yeah. push them out versus having to yeah. make a bunch of guns because everything got destroyed in the Red exactly. War attack. Mm-hmm. All of Cade's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, and additionally, if you start looking at how like our site is, our site as a character has also gone through a lot of battle. He's probably handled a ton of different weapons. He's kind of gotten used to how they are, and he is one of the few that has been around for a very long time, say for like Dahlia 9940, who also fits that bill. Uh, still waiting to hear from her, BT Dubs, because my goodness. <laughs> uh, I think mm-hmm. that the the two of them have seen so much battle that they've needed to either do field repair or something else on their equipment that they could have probably been programmed with some of that stuff inside of them to begin with. And especially with them having learning protocols, both our site and Dahlia have probably been able to uh, create their own weapons. So I would probably say that, that, again, this falls right in line with them being more, instead of quartermasters, turning more into gunsmiths. Additionally, I find it funny that every single uh, gunsmith that we kind of see that's been kind of presented to us recently are, exos? are all exos. <laughs> and the only one too. that doesn't fit this bill is Wei Ning. Tolan. Because Wei Ning, it, look you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he's not wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong. Now, Tolan was doing it for experimentation and purposes more than anything but like Wei Ning was was at least influenced by a uh, with the the fighting lion was at least influenced by an exo and that would be Ariana 3 yeah I think so she, I she was it, more challenged by her ghost than anything yep, yeah. yep. And it's I love that to say card that, that card is hilariously uh, awesome like oh my gosh yeah. and again it's not to say that like the exo are the only ones that are putting them together but they're the ones that are seemingly showcased more often to us than not. And I just, I find that correlation kind of funny. It's like the Awoken or the Cryptarchs. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know well, you guys have heard my theory on that one. But to go real quick, uh, to go back to the Dahlia and Archite, you know, Dahlia has actually been called out as being an ex, like she was, she showed, I'm trying to remember exactly what they said, but one of the techs made a comment in the Ghost Fragments that Dahlia was like really good at field repairs of weapons mm-hmm. and equipment. So like, and and also if you kind of go back to the original like concept of the historical nature of gunsmithing, um, one of the things with guilds that you see is you would have a progression from apprentice to, to, you know, junior or junior apprentice to apprentice to, you know, journeyman to master, you know, like there's, there's progressions of skill and if you have a kind of similar concept, the quartermaster could become a gunsmith after time. Um, and that especially is true if Archite has learning you know, protocols, which we know the frames mostly do. Um, I, I, I mean, there, there is an explanation that doesn't require it to be, quote unquote, uh, I know everyone's favorite term, retcon, which it's not. Um, with it being completely explained in the progression of a particular gunsmithing, you know, code or gunsmithing expectation of experience 
equaling, you know, a particular title being given. I just assumed that it was because everything got dead and exploded when the tower died. I mean, there, there is, there okay. is like, that too. Have, no, we used to have all the weapons, and now we have like three. So <laughs> we should probably make some more. Over right, but over I mean, I guess, I guess my my challenge there, and and I and I totally hear that, but I guess my challenge there is that you can say, I mean, a journey. Uh, so so, like when I was doing blacksmithing, right. Uh, when we were apprenticing under things, the apprentices do a lot of the grunt work, uh, which is the point. Like you, you as an apprentice, that's what you're supposed to be doing is to learn the trade. You need to do all the grunt work, and you need to do all that the the stuff that the masters don't want not not necessarily don't want to, but they're busy doing the more skilled well, necessary thing. So right. a quartermaster could still uh, cobble together the basic frames of guns and leave it up to the gunsmiths to actually finish the the weapons. So to actually call someone a gunsmith is my, is kind of where I'm kind of pushing back a little bit on that. Um, and it's, it might just be me splitting hairs. I mean, it's also, that's also entirely possible. I could definitely. It's, it's kind of a swords into plowshares and vice versa type thing. You know, like it's, when, when we had, when we had the city and when we had comfort and when we had complacency, mm-hmm. you know, there were, there are a lot fewer gunsmiths, you know, in fact, uh, Vanilli and Vanilli, Millie Vanilli destiny. There was only one. Gun. Um, well, but no, that, I mean, that's not, that's not entirely true though. Cause we had the foundries and they had gunsmiths cause Tex Mechanica, well, yeah. Tex Mechanica had mentions of gunsmiths, even from the earliest mentions I'm just of that. Talking about a city, a city sanctioned gunsmith. Um, we can, we can always, well, you know, kind of assume that there's outliers building guns. Banshee was a, a tower sanctioned guns. Mm-hmm. Yes. Know? Yeah. Not Which, city. I meant, I meant tower. Yeah. I, that, that's, that's at least where I would kind of point that out a little bit more. Same with like Eva Levante being trusted enough to give us, mm-hmm. you know, shaders and emblems and not give them to Tess Everest. What? Uh, <laughs> I miss her. I miss Eva. I'm just so glad that we got confirmation that she's still alive. I miss her cats. Yeah. And her soup. (laughs) She made good soup. I mean, she's still out there. She works for Ikora as a hidden anyway. Um, (laughs) She might officially be the most boring hidden. (laughs) What are you talking about? No, she's probably one of the... Yes. Yeah, no, she's definitely the Agent Coulson of the Hidden. Like, <laughs> no, no. But that's what makes her so effective. Yeah, Tahiti, yes. Tahiti is a magical place. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, chat real quick. Chat makes a really good, sorry, Beard. Uh, just wanted to throw in, chat made a really good point. Uh, Uzuma Vale was the other Zen Meteor connection. Mm-hmm. I think that was the Hunter, right? Because Stoic, Stoic yes. was the warlock, and then Tycho, Tycho was a warlock as well, I believe. Yes, yes. So Vale would have been the hunter, and I don't, and I'm assuming that's not an EXO since we don't have a number after it. So, but so beard, yeah, beard, I, go back. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I think Justin kind of touched on the point I was looking to make anyway. Uh, just in the idea of like how gunsmiths are kind of like put together and whatnot. It there's 
more than kind of meets the eye when it comes to like the the city foundries and everything as well. But I don't know. I, I think we've still we're still not seeing all of them. I guess that's the best way to kind of put it, as we're kind of seeing with like Gaunt and whatnot, having like one or two mentions. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the only other thing that I can think of, I'm trying to remember if there was anything, any other like named gunsmiths particularly. Um, I know most of the foundries were called out as having gunsmiths. Uh, again, like we've kind of talked about that a couple times. And Justin, did you have anything that you wanted to? Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to kind of uh, uh, point out a certain similarity. In throughout history, there's always a surge in the gunsmith kind of population uh, right after a conflict. So right after a mm-hmm. war, because guys get invaluable experience, field uh, modifying their weapons, maintaining their weapons. All this is like the all the field modification and and maintenance they do on their weapons during prolonged conflict, like a war. Um, <clears throat> it uh, it's it's almost like a an apprenticeship to be a gunsmith mm-hmm. in, in in a lot of ways. So, like after the Civil War, there was a boom, and uh, and the number of people actually manufacturing firearms, and it's you've got this this uh, large number of people who have this very this very specific skill set and they've got no other outlet. So they just pour it into doing what they know. I, I think that might kind of tie into a little bit too. I mean, we just went through the Red War. Um, the city was shattered. Yeah, it, supply it, it and demand. Sense. Yeah, it kind of makes sense that there would be a... a a surplus of gunsmiths. Well, I mean, even, even, yeah, even Tess made a comment that she nearly picked up a gun. Mm -hmm. Well, picked Mm -hmm. up and making one would be very different (laughs) Uh, because let's face it, she ain't doing anything important. Yeah, let's, (laughs) actually, it was the, I was going to like beat them up, but Mm. then everybody, like they backed off because they were too scared. I mean, that's what that, that's what that comment is. Let's be honest. It was Claudia Black being typical her and being like, well, I was going to do this thing, but let me sell you on why I did. I love the fact that she voices Tess. Like, I'll be honest. I love and hate it. Right, right. Well, yeah. I could think of a more hated character in this game (laughs) more than the speaker. That's saying something for me. That's more, more than Rahul. Well, Rahul gets an instant pass because I only have to go over him and be like, hey, uh, this is legendary. Don't screw it up like you did before. <laughs> but to be fair, to be Look, fair. No, 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 no. Look, yeah. we talk about this idea of game no. mechanics being something that we can't always explain. <laughs> That's a game mechanic that we're not going to try to explain. No, you, stop. Do you remember the old Kodak cameras that you went... Uh, the disposables <laughs> well okay so if you show up at the photo mat with those and you give them like five cameras and you end up with like 19 photos of the inside of your pocket and your foot <laughs> and the bottom of the pool that's not on Kodak wait, wait. you took pictures wait wait <laughs> The bottom of a pool? Yeah, the waterproof ones. They, they made waterproof they made, ones. Yeah, they, made waterproof. they did. Oh my they gosh, did. I love the waterproof ones. 
Why also, is he taking his... Oh, also, okay, also, the takeaway you should get from this green is Beard has a bad eye. <laughs> Why is his Beard's bad eye and not Justin's bad eye? Because you're the one who's making this reference. <laughs> Photography well, runs in the family, thank you very much. Well, so, it's not so. Justin's bad eye because Justin's very artistically inclined, especially when it comes to macrame, macrame and photography. Okay. Oh, macrame? Goodness. Yeah, yeah, macaroni art. Isn't that what that is? No, <laughs> no. I love no. how everyone's like, no. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so, so what I was thinking before we go completely off the rails, Jesus uh, creepers. What I was actually thinking was, you know, I think I think we've done a pretty fair shake on a basic summary of gunsmiths, and I know um, that there is another item that is kind of on everyone's mind this week uh which would be the dlc that just dropped and i know that a lot of people and i'm beard i know i've seen you get a lot of questions i, I think you've been doing a couple of videos or something um so many people. oh do you make videos i don't I know make videos i mean i, mean, I, think, I, I can't think remember i can't remember and this is this is the age old the age old jibe at you, but I can't remember which channel you're putting the videos on. But you know, the <laughs> his macrame channel. But I wanted you I wanted to see, see it, but you I'm can't vigorously see. smacking you in the head with my book right now. <laughs> I was just thinking, do you want to take a few minutes and kind of do a, a snap reaction to? Not, I mean, yeah, just the entire DLC, like from you know whatever whatever stands out the most to you. Mm-hmm. So, as as the as the guest, purple, do you want to go first? Take a couple minutes and let us know what your thoughts because you just you just finished the campaign, right? Well, so I actually t- played through it twice in kind of an odd order because mm. my I have a pact with my husband and our best friend that we play through all the campaigns together. Um, and due to real life circumstance, um, he, my best friend couldn't be on on Tuesday. So I did the first two missions on Tuesday and then I <gasps> replayed them with him on Wednesday. And then I played three and four on Thursday and then I just replayed them with him again tonight. <laughs> Um, so kind of a weird thing but i did i did manage to get through the the story missions anyway um but no i i thought it was really great i really like um the story and i think that they i'm i'm really excited to go off and explore a more of the um the quests and adventures and things that's what i got so excited about those in the last um, you know, since Destiny 2 came out. Can I just say um, on that so point, girl, you don't have any idea whatsoever right now. <laughs> it's that I, good. I know. I, I'm so excited. Um, I've only heard amazing things about all the tidbits of, of um, and things like that that are out there. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And my next task this weekend is to read through all the things we pulled off the API. Oh my it's God. so good. I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> I may have like I played through the campaign, put the campaign down, and immediately opened up Ishtar Collective and just started reading because that was I, my. I rate. would have if I hadn't Speaking like fallen of. asleep. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, for those of you who want to who want to, 
Um, if you go to ishar-collective.net, you can, there is a link for everything that got pulled from Warmind. If you go up to the top, it's under releases. Um, it lists everything. That's so, so nice now. Yes, it's amazing. So Thank much you, more room Baxter, and and everybody um, on the engineering people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Uni and and, and Norman. Well, mm-hmm. I didn't do the tech part. <laughs> My job comes after theirs. Um, so yeah, that's that's the next project that I'm excited about working on is is doing all the summaries. Awesome. And Green, what about you? Green? I know you had uh, you you were saying that you jump you jumped through the campaign and then you read most of the you've read most of the entries, right? Or you read the entries? Right. I've read the entries. I haven't like dice dissected them. Like I've I did a brief run like read through. That was my way of uh, not playing the game and spending time with my wife. We were reading together. Mm. Little did she know I was still playing the game just via Hitchcock Collective. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but the as far as like the DLC, I know that there's like some grumblings about things. I enjoyed the DLC. There are things that I think. I mean, there's always room for improvement. Period no matter what game it is, there's no perfect game in my opinion. And as far as the Bungie doing a better job, this DLC than they have in a long time, this is, I wouldn't say this is the top DLC I've ever played from them, but this is definitely in the, I would say top three. I enjoyed this one a lot. I enjoyed the, the lore and everything getting pulled in more so than a lot of other ones. And I know there's a lot of problems with some of the lore that got pulled in. I mm. get that. I truly, truly get that. It's only a problem if you make it one. Perfect. Beard, what about you? Uh, I think overall I enjoyed it. Uh, if you want the TLDR to the five pages that I have written up right now, that will probably release around the same time, if not sooner than what this chat will be. Uh I think that overall it was very well done uh, mm-hmm. for being short. And to those that effectively kind of have said it is too short, uh, remember a story in general can be received or delivered in either a long form or short form manner. It does not necessarily have to be something that is delivered in a long form manner. Uh, I know that we are setting a precedent, especially with uh, DLC previously that does end up stating how uh, things need to be a little bit longer. If we look at, like, The Dark Below or House of Wolves, they are 10- or 20-step quest missions. Uh, These, overall, are systems that are now not being showcased too, too much. Uh, But most of the stuff that that we're actually getting from this DLC is after the fact. Uh, It's stuff that Taken King had kind of done previously, uh, where we ended up getting some quests after the fact, and then we ended up having some additional collectibles that kind of still uh, brought us back in and so on. These are the things that I thought really stood out to me about the DLC as a whole mm-hmm. uh, and really kind of bring you back in to actually engage with the world. Because right now, I don't know what it says for the rest of the game because I still enjoy going to like Io or Nessus, and I still like going to these planets or these moons by technicality. But Mars, I was a little on the reluctant side of going back to Mars. 
and I now find that it's actually the most filled and light, uh, lively planet that we're mm-hmm. now going to within Destiny 2. And again, I don't know what that says for the rest of the game, but to me, where I can still go to and enjoy myself on the other planets or moons, this, I feel like I want to go back to Mars, and I feel like I have a purpose for doing so. Additionally, the ending, many people actually have problems with the ending. I actually think that the ending is perfect. It actually does the thing that I've been asking for of Destiny 2 for a long time, which is stop finishing story sequences because the fallen at this point we know for a fact are kind of getting pushed back a little bit further than they need to be the cabal have their leadership basically cut at the knees at this point we don't know who's in charge of them heck a a weapons dealer was the one in charge of the red legion at one point here which that is the way that's changing with the 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 raid right stuff on the with the raid that dropped today has changed some of the cabal leadership information we have well, and additionally, we also have points that we need to bring up with those raids and said raid lair. But before I get into those, the hive. We haven't heard really hide nor ha- no pun intended there. <laughs> hide nor hair of them. Uh, basically, it is uh, the biggest thing feels like they're starting to also get pushed back. We don't know too much about Savathun and the possibility of her being brought into it. And then lastly, with the Vex, we had a good majority of that stuff basically end with the destruction of Panoptis. I mean, you can argue, did it really, though? And the questions can continue from there. But I don't feel the Vex are quite as nasty as they used to be. So Mm -hmm. all four of the main races that I really had a problem with are now pushed to the side. Now I have a reason to get back into the game and actually fulfill that portion of being a warlock, of being a warrior scholar, and actually feel like I want to be a warrior instead of just looking into things on Ishtar Collective. Can I wrap something back up just a tiny bit? Yeah, go for it. I tweeted out like right after the DLC dropped and I finished playing it that if you think the story missions is the DLC, you're missing out on the majority of it. Yeah. The story missions are a good introduction to what Bungie has laid out in front of us. They're giving us an opportunity to search through the world again and find mm-hmm. different secrets and mysteries, like solve mysteries. There's a new, like, the raid the uh, raid secrets guys. Just, uh, what are they called? Is yeah, it that's the raid, raid secrets? Secret. Yeah, it's the okay. sub is raid secrets. They're, so, they are going rabid right now. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, there's, uh, there's a, like a little diagram thing inside of Rasputin, like the mainframe area where we get the final the final talk from him at the end of the story missions, there's a little diagram that looks like a puzzle, and those guys are going crazy trying to figure it out. If you want the link to that, you can just I'll put it in. I'll put it in show notes. Yay, well, that's good. And additionally, just to kind of keep going with that point, the stuff that I mentioned and talked about is all prevalent to just the main campaign itself. The lore, I think, is great. The weapon changes are great. The sandbox changes are amazing. Graviton uh, over- Forfeit. Oh, my God. Graviton Forfeit and Crimson are the best things in the world. Graviton no other weapons. For- yeah, I said Forfeit. Graviton Lance. Sorry. Good grief. Lance. I said Forfeit first. The Lance. Yes. No, not, not the Forfeit. I do my Graviton dance still with okay. my Graviton Lance. That's amazing. Uh, <sighs> anyway. Yeah, I... Uh, I would say that the lore is in a very good place. I would say that a lot of the collectibles and everything are very much there. 
Uh, again, I have to read all the lore tabs to really know what's going on. There are those that are saying that it's not being respected right now. I would argue you need to go back and read through a good majority of what has already been posted. Because we already know that Grimoire is 100% being referenced once again. Oh, yeah. So, to my suggestion, before, and I will get on this soapbox once again, before you get into the arguments of it's a retcon, don't. Start doing some research because you're probably going to find something that's going to stuff a sock in your mouth. And soapbox. And I think we're going to do a, an episode on what red cons actually are. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a lot of people gets thrown around a lot. I know. I and know also why they're not on. always a negative thing. Right. They're, they're, like many people paint uh, them to be terrible, but they okay. can actually be awesome if they well, if they're done right. And the that that's not even so. And Green is absolutely correct because I and Beard and Justin are also on on point with this. There, are, when you say retcon, this is like one of my biggest pet peeves. Is when you mm-hmm. say retcon that there there are actually off the top of my head, I can think of five variations of a retcon. Um, and it's not always like when people say retcon, they're talking about a very severe erasing of previous information. And yes, there is a version of retconning, which is it stands for retroactive continuity. So, you know, first off, let's just be clear here. The reason why retcons are done in a story setting is because they want to allow for continuity in the story going forward. It is not to break the continuity of a story. That's actually the exact opposite of the point of a retcon. And it's not always to atone for lazy storytelling oh, either. Oh, it's usually for the vast majority of retroactive continuity changes. It's usually actually to clarify and to make better. And it does. And and so, but yeah, Green, I, I'll cut myself short because I know Green and I have had conversations about that. And it's, it's, a, it's just from a, from, and I'm sure Purple can weigh in on this one a little bit too, but from like a literary analysis point of view, it's very frustrating because there's no, there's not been any severe retcons that I can think of off the top of my head. Like there's might've been, there might've been one or two, but everything. And we kind of talked about this last, last uh, episode with uh, Purple with the Warmind piece, remember? And, you know, yeah. Beard, Beard made a Beard made an excellent point. It's like if you read it in a different tone, you can you can have the same card tell you a completely different message. That's mm-hmm. the problem which, of having text, which was one of the first conversations that I know that I joined in with FFC mm-hmm. and it was on the stuff with Dredge and Yor. And right. I fought vehemently end up saying no. If you read it differently, then you end up getting a different language skirt out of that entire card. And then that I evolved think, the conversation, which was wonderful. I think the biggest problem that people in general have, that the people who are yelling retcon, 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 is uh, basically, I, I think I talked about this last week, but I know I've talked about it several places. Like, we have to... You have to open your mind up to more than one interpretation mm-hmm. of a text yes. or of yes. a conversation, even or a story mission or whatever it is, you know, and and try to think, OK, what what happens? How can I interpret this card now that I have new information? 
like with the dredge in your thing, right? So we had certain information we assumed was was one way, um, we as a community, and then it we get a new piece of information that seems at first blush to contradict it. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, so instead of saying, well, they changed it, mm-hmm. let's first stop and think, well, can we read the original information in a different way that would make yeah. it not a change? Right. 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 And if we can do that, okay, well then maybe we just read it wrong the first time or we yeah. interpreted it differently than intended mm-hmm. or whatever. And if you can't, then you can start thinking, okay, well, maybe they did change something. Let's go down that line a little bit further. Right. But often, overwhelmingly often, <laughs> If you just think about it in a different way than you originally interpreted it, then it usually fits just fine. Yeah. yeah. And, and Justin, real quick before I'm I just to close off real quick, and I'm going to let you go get back on topic <laughs> for the review. Um, purple, purple, real quick. The only thing that I can think of that would be a legit retcon that Bungie has done is, and this is only, and, and honestly, this is only because of the historical, uh, records that ishtar keeps that i am aware of this happening is on a couple of the pieces they have gone back and they have changed some stuff but they were done if you look at the time of the change as far as i'm aware they were all done prior to those items being released to the public so yeah, well then, was, and then you can like argue the raid items I think, yeah right? it was the right ra- it was the raid items it was i was really excited yeah. about reading about feltrock and uh Sekris and nor <laughs> right. and then lo and behold they come out and i was like who the hell is the fulminator like what is this well, uh which is my, fine it's fine the video i know i was like i was like i was so excited <laughs> and i'm like oh no but like but but if you look at the if you look at the release of that equipment and then the date that they they edited the api the edits mm-hmm. were before they released it. So then you have to be also cognizant of, you know, when were these actually, quote unquote, introduced to the canon? Because there is a degree with storytelling of editing. And, you know, you want to make sure that those edits are congruent and also build the continuity. And if they were done prior to being released to the general public, I would actually argue that that's not retconning. That's that's editorial jurisdiction yeah, i right? completely agree right. i mean we're in a unique we're in a unique position here with the api because of the way like the nature of the video games that we're playing right. um like you wouldn't have this problem with a book nope. right <laughs> because any editorial choices that they would like any of those kind of changes that would might be last minute like it got uploaded to the api and then they changed it that would be like the final edit of your book mm-hmm Right, like, right, wait, oh, right. this doesn't work. Like before publishing, like the public wouldn't ever know unless they, you know, unless it was a bizarre circumstance. Unless and, they had an API yeah. of the editorial comments, well, which is right, what, yeah, yeah. which <laughs> is what we have. But I mean, yeah. yeah right. But my my point there is just like you know, I I've seen a couple people bring that up as a retcon, and I'm like, whoa, 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 that's no. you got to You got to I mean, I will split the hair. There is like that's not a retcon. That's that's a that's a we don't want to tell people about that just yet. Even though people well, we know about our mind it, right? Or you know, whatever. But um, and that, no, that could have been something that they changed, like how many months ago, and then they ended up instituting it, like the day before. Right, they changed right, yeah, yeah. The the API would have been told something before the raid patch was gone, uh, or the hot fix was pushed out, 
Meanwhile, we had different information before that unlocked. Right. Now, we don't know how the coding would have ended up working out besides. So well, I mean, we can't, I, we just, I remember Purple and I freaking out because the dawning, <laughs> the dawning cards. Right. We, right. we got the dawning oh. cards as part of, what was it, the, the Taken King, like, initial release. We got these, like, six files that were like, the dawning. I'm like, what is this? What and, is that? and Purple's yeah. like, I don't know, but what do you think? And I remember having, like, a 15-minute <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. freak out about this. And we didn't get that released until what two three months later i mean it was it was pretty close it was because it was taking king taking king was what september and then the dawning was the end of december christmas yeah it was like so i mean it wasn't it wasn't a suit but i mean that's that's a situation in which like you know in in those items actually also i think in in hindsight i think those actually changed a little bit as well but but yes removed like there have been items removed from the game oh yes entirely besides those that for were, fourth like, for for reality reasons yes right, right. One, a couple come to mind yeah mm-hmm. and those and those i don't think i've ever seen anyone actually reference those because those are like a hundred percent everyone kind of understands nope those are those are there's a legit reason those got pulled and honestly i don't think any of the ones that have gotten pulled had a really significant impact on anything i don't remember if they had any lore that was I don't, I don't think I um, think it was just because of the design and everything. It, I, I, well, the one the one that I'm thinking, are you thinking of the arm? Mm-hmm. The arm? Yeah, that one. I don't even know if right, the flavor was, text really had anything on it. No, like, that I, I, was yeah. just purely design. Um, OK, so, yes, we need to have obviously we yep. need to have an episode on this because I think this is a very, very, a very good conversation to have. Um, but in in. <laughs> the sake of getting back on topic um justin what was what's your what's been your feedback on the dlc so far um my feedback on the dlc i've been i've been pretty well happy with it um maybe this might have something to do with me having stepped away from the game for a little bit but i i think the story missions when you do them by yourself are challenging enough yeah um that I think I think there's been a, a significant step forward in how challenging story story missions don't feel like a joke. <laughs> I can remember neither can apparently remember, uh, does the raid. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, can, uh, I, can, I can distinctly remember running uh, whatever like that second story mission is, and uh, a couple phalanxes come down. You have to kill in a. In oh a, yeah, yeah. In a yeah. row, and and I can remember like the second one killed me two times, and I was like, okay, like it, it's it's real. Like I don't need to be screwing around. Like I think I was watching a YouTube video and playing at the same time, and mm-hmm. like um, I was like, okay, it was it was something off of Beard's Macrame channel, um, and mm-hmm. it was uh, anyways. But I, I was just I was just like, okay, well this is this is a little harder than a normal Destiny standard story mission and uh the the main thing that will revive my playing of the game is to not feel uh futile in in terms of rewards um because i i kind of stepped away from the game with an awful lot of exotics still to play for but after like my 13th pair of aeon swift gauntlets <laughs> um like i it just it's not that I didn't want to play either because things were just nuts, you know, work wise and everything else. But it was just like, 
I felt like I was chasing stuff, but I just didn't feel like I was close to getting. Whereas um, in terms of rewards, and this is just after a few days of playing this, um, after I play, like when I put it in an hour of play, I feel very well rewarded. Um, Mm -hmm. Parts of me really wish that the Zol fight had just had a little bit more theatricality to it, but that's, that's nitpicking. I mean, did anyone else notice that when you hit Zol in, in the middle part with the Valkyrie, then there were like six holes that open up on the side. Mm. No, no, I couldn't hit him with a Valkyrie. But um, (laughs) Justin, Justin's instance of Zol died of boredom. No, I ended up uh, to be to be honest. I ended up killing Zol from two two causes of death: boredom and vortex grenades. Um, (laughs) Had to put Mobius Quiver on because I couldn't even. Oh God. But yes, you um, just have to hold the trigger down like you do with the rocket launcher, and it'll shoot straight. Well, I figured that out at the end. At the <laughs> yeah. End, yeah. Okay. After after Zol turned into dust, like so many of my favorite heroes of late. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I don't feel so good, Mister Toland. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. I, I'm happy with it so far. If the if the loot structure and kind of the the not not so much the loot structure. I don't want to sound like I need to be given a cookie every mm-hmm. time I play. But if if kind of the um, reward for time invested, be it experience or a tangible, well, a, a virtually tangible object in game or whatever. Um, as long as as you get that rewarded feeling after playing for a couple hours, um, I th- I think there's going to be good things because, to be I- honest, everyone that's salty about about the story not being long enough, eh, if I mean if you've been around since the launch of the original game, the story's always been just a tiny piece of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean. That's... Can I just say that as far as like what you're asking for, I was listening to the raid race today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are emotes specific to the raid. Nice. The, the uh, e- callous one. Uh huh. Oh, that you're... one. Yeah. That one. Fan requested raid yeah. specific emotes. Oh. Like you're going to be able in to case sit. you were thinking that no one was listening to us. Right. Well, and it was just so funny because Deej's post was and and. <laughs> This is what happens when we listen to you. Every nice. every one you of the wrong. every one of the developers at Bungie were posting like the best gifts. It was so funny. I'm like, I haven't even watched the the videos, but apparently, um, yeah, <laughs> difficulty was amped up a bit, it's to amazing. say the least. Like listening yeah. to Gathalian and them try to figure this out, it's like. And I saw, I saw, I, I could not believe, and I sent you this, I could not believe I saw someone post this because what have we been talking about since the beginning of Raids in Destiny? Make it not just about shooting. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then someone. I think you were the one that posted the. Yeah, I sent it some, to you. Someone was like, said, I'm like, it's a, oh my gosh, they can't win. Shooting in this they I can't like, win. Wait, wait, just, just mm-hmm. wait. Just a shh, shh. <laughs> yeah, really. Just, 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 just stop. Go play Mega Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and to that to that credit as well, uh, just to bring this topic up real fast about like Eververse as well. The loot boxes have actually, or the the engrams that they supply, are actually giving more loot from them mm-hmm. yes, for they each are. one. And they've slimmed in. down, and they've slimmed down Eververse as well as from what I could mm-hmm. read, yep. or what I was they, reading. They've actually they've actually thrown a lot more of that out into the actual game world, and they intend on using it more for like faction rallies and Iron Banner, uh, as well as also events that are probably going to be coming up. So that's going away. They've also introduced the Prismatic Matrix, which cuts down on some of the guesswork in terms of yes. what you're actually getting from those loot boxes. Mm-hmm. So quite frankly, what they are doing is taking Eververse and pulling it away a little bit more. As a business, I don't expect them to get rid of it fully. Oh, yeah. That being said, it is definitely much better than it was. My thoughts, of course, on the practice as a whole being, you know, neither here nor there, but Overall, it is a much better fixture than it had been. Nah. If you yeah. want to buy something, sell it to them is what I to, say, unless it's like crack well, cocaine. And, to be, to be fair, why, though. Oh, sorry. Go for it, Beer. Yeah. And that's why I think like the prismatic matrix is a perfect idea. Yeah. Because if you wait for that particular week for something to pop up and you've got the duplication protection that's invested into the system already, mm-hmm. then at that point you've just went a couple different steps to ensure that you are making the consumer a little happier with the way that that box is working. Mm-hmm. Five pulls on there is 10, uh, 10 bucks. And to me, if you can end up getting it, that that's basically one half of the, the matrix. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at it from that staple and you know there is something you want from there, I don't think the 10 bucks is that bad for a cosmetic item that you're looking at to begin with. Yeah. But that's me personally. It better be one hell of cosmetic item. <laughs> well, I, and we're and all going to look at that stuff at a different angle, right? Yeah. Like, that's the brilliance of it, all the same. Still- you can still earn those, but I don't have to buy it. You don't have to buy it to to get a pool. You exactly. You'll get a, a one in ten chance. You can up your chances by getting more pools. That's the only thing. Is just just you're just playing RNG a little bit, a little bit tighter. Mm-hmm. Which is what which is what a lot of us have argued for. I know you're right. I mean that's that's the thing is like. For and I, I think it's a perfect answer. I know a couple people haven't been the biggest fan of it, but you know, I think it allows. You know, quite honestly, I think Green, you, you hit it on the head there. I think it allows the company because I mean, remember again, you know, going back here, this is we're talking about a business. Their bottom line is making money. Let's just be honest there. Um, it allows them to continue having that incentive, but it also gives us a bit more control on. You know, having a, a clear expectation and beard. I know we've talked about uh, the difference between the Eastern and the Western, you know, gaming industries, transparency laws. Um, yes. You know, I think that kind of brings it more in line with each other with kind of, you know, what that transparency expectation and having an expectation that I'm not going to have to drop. You know, I remember what was it? Festival of the Lost people dropping like Whoa. three or three to five hundred dollars. To get that to stupid, to get, that, to get that stupid uh, wolf head, mask. 
No, there was yeah. the wolf, the wolf head oh, one yeah. that everyone That's was like losing their minds over. And I mean, I know because what wasn't it T Rex that put like three? It was like three or four hundred dollars, I think, that he put down trying to get it and it was it was just that that's the that's the dark side of rng um so yeah i I mean i I think it's a good medium and the realism is streamers a lot of times they put a lot of money in it right right no right right that's not necessarily something everybody can do and that's not something everybody should do no i I 100 percent agree right or that you should want well, I'm not going to tell people what they should want to do, but right. I mean, like streamers do that as a an incentive a yeah, lot of times. It's yeah. they turn it into a video, and they budget for it. It's part of their business, right? Again, I'm, it's I'm a business. Saying, it's a business decision. Come, come spend some time with me. We can find ways to spend that three hundred dollars, <laughs> and we will have fun. Uh, to circle back to the raid layer, uh, it looks like the world's first team completed it in a little bit over six and a half hours mm-hmm. for oh, a raid for for a that's man, awesome for a yeah, raid awesome. layer. A ra- that, I mean, not for a raid, not for it was a raid. A struggle bus, from what I could hear, and I yep. only listened for about an hour and a half of Gathalians. Yep, that is amazing. Who got world's first, by the way? Uh, the same team that has read wanted- read something. Redeem. Redeem. Redeem, yeah. And then Gethalian's team got second. Trying to close off the DLC review. Um, to be honest, I was telling Green this the other earlier today. I have not been inclined as much to play as I have been in the last couple days because of how much fun I've had with patrols. I am a huge, I mean, most, most people who have listened to us for a while know that I'm a pretty big solo player. I I play pretty much predominantly just by myself because I do really random things. I don't really follow any particular thing or any particular like story progression. Um, And so like doing exactly what all you guys have been saying, you know, like the story missions are, are, are not like super difficult, but they're not super like fall asleep easy. Um, you know, especially if you're playing solo, uh, that was, that was nice and they were quick and Mm -hmm. that, that actually for me is a bonus. I actually prefer to have story missions. Like, you know, I think, what did we have? Six, six story missions, seven. Did we have eight? Did we have eight? I don't think we got a full eight. I don't think we got a full, maybe five. I think we may have gotten five. They've gotten, they were also weaved together a little bit. Right, so. right. And I mean, the, and I was talking about this a little bit before stream. The thing that the only complaint that I've had, the only complaint is there is a small hiccup in the story that explains how we learn about Zol. Um, and that's really honestly, of all the things for me to complain about, it's not that big of a deal. It's more of I think there was just a a small stutter step in the way that they connect two of the missions uh, in the beginning of the in the beginning of the DLC because we basically it's it's at the point right after you find Rasputin and then the very next mission it feels like we kind of get thrown into a middle of a conversation but we never got the introduction. It honestly feels like I'm talking to my five year old. Which you know, anyone who's dealt with five year olds know that they tell stories, but they don't tell them necessarily in the order of how you should tell a story. Sometimes you'll get a conclusion, then an introduction, and then a middle, or, and then sometimes you get an introduction, a conclusion, and then the middle. Um, 
but it really honestly sometimes wasn't you only get two out of three. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you don't even get the ending. And those are the most infuriating ones because I'm like, I've stuck with you for the last two hours to hear this ending. And, and what, what happened, <laughs> what happened to spot the dog who got dirty and then, you know, was actually a dog. Anyways. So, and that's, and that's not the case. Like we definitely got a, a conclusion. Um, I know a lot of people are divided on the conclusion that we were given. I, you know, I, I, I think it makes sense. Uh, um, I know there is a really good analysis of um, kind of the, the narrative style of destiny two and the, the individual who wrote it, uh, I'll, I'll put it in the story or uh, show notes as well. The individual who wrote it, uh, was not a fan of the narrative style of the of Destiny Two in general. I think, um, but, but it, he makes some really good points. I was just about to say he, it. Regardless, even though I don't necessarily agree with his opinion on the conclusion, I also do note that he makes a or they make a really good argument. Um, and actually, I, I think I agree with a couple of the points that they make. Uh, there, there are a few things that I think could have been done better from a storytelling perspective. I, but like green said at the top of this whole little segment, I would think that about any game I pick up. I mean, that's just, you know, that's just what I do when I read a story. I think about that when I read books, I mean like, Oh, I wouldn't have done that, but that's, that's nothing anyway. Um, but overall, I mean like the patrol, I, I've, I have an inclination to get back in the game. Like I have the a desire to want wants to, play. to play the game is high praise. Yeah. Well, okay. Right. I mean, like the thing is, is like, you know, like Justin was saying, uh, work has been absolutely insane for me. Um, and so I don't have the, the free, like a lot of free time and to, to play. And I was on uh, last week I was on DTR right before our show. And I made the comment, you know, I have not played a video game in probably close to two months. Uh, just because of my, my free time, you know, I, I don't, I don't have it. Um, I am actually inclined now with, with Warmind to, to put it and put Green's comment on that one in, in context, I am inclined to sacrifice the little sleep that I do have to play Warmind because mm-hmm. I want to play it. I actually am having fun. This is, this is the grind. This is the level of grind. This is the level of fun and patrols that I remember from, the vanilla destiny that I absolutely loved. Um, the excitement to see what's what's left, what's new. Right, and so and the and the challenge, there. the the challenge to. I mean, and and to be fair, also, I was not a fan of Rise of Iron. Um, I, I I it took me a while to warm up to Taken King, like, but like once I got into Taken, well, actually, let's be honest, once I got Night Stalker, I was I was hooked. Huh. Um, but it, but the the way that they have balanced the collectibles. Uh, with the music boxes and the data points and the data pads. Um, I, I, I think for me personally, I am a really big fan of it. I, I absolutely love it. That is not to say, of course, like I said earlier, that I wouldn't have changed some things. I definitely have a few opinions about some things that need to be changed. But from a game mechanic standpoint, I've, I'm having a blast with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Datto's team just got done with the raid layer. I think they said what twelve and a half hours. Twelve and a half hours. Yeah, I'm glad Bungie's not pulling punches on this one. Yeah, I, I'm I gonna say go 
they're going the complete opposite of how it's been. You can yeah. kind of see, and it's just like, well, this is the stuff that you've been asking for. We're going to put it in in like high high form, and we're not going to hold back on it. Mm-hmm. And if this is too much grind for you, then one, you asked for it, and two, uh, this is the kind of stuff that's going to keep you around to play. So, what do you want? You this know, is it, what I want. I mean, this is this is the thing is like, yeah, this is the and and sorry to jump in there, but this is something that I've been like, I've been waiting for Bungie to put their foot down and be like, this yeah. is the content that we are going to make. You know, I right. I understand from from a business development standpoint, listening to your feedback, but the danger there is honestly the not deciding which way to go. So I, I'm just, right. I'm so excited for that. Well, the, there's so many different forms of in-game content right now that there, there's not anything wrong with there being something so hard that a lot no, of right, of right, and that's and that's actually that's actually the the spoil the look at narrative analysis. That's actually the point that I agree with the 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 original poster. He he or she, I you know, I always feel weird on Reddit. I always I always associate he. I always feel like I'm gonna offend somebody. They make a point that they say every DLC doesn't need a big bad that we have to kill to stop whatever threat. Every DLC doesn't need to be focused on stopping some big threat. You know, like, and and I agree with that. Like, there there doesn't need to be this, like, major, I mean, like, boss fights, yes, but it doesn't need to culminate in us, quote-unquote, killing. You know, the uh, they, they use Taken King as the, the prime example there. Because with the Taken King, you know, at the end of the campaign, we, quote, killed Oryx, but did we? Because then, mm-hmm. you know, that was the entire point of King's Fall is like, we have to go further. We have to push further into it. We we have to, you know, actually end the threat. We just stopped the threat, but we didn't actually end it. And that's that's a yeah. point that I agree completely with. I'm like, you know, that's what, for me at least, um, that's for me at least what engages me as far as coming back, right? Um, it's because that that's the cliffhanger at the end of the season, if it, if that makes sense to people. So with that being said, do you guys want to jump into uh shout outs? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. So and I know uh just for the record, Green did have to take off. Uh she has some family in town, so she had to take care of them. So she had to leave a little bit early for us. Uh purple. Yeah, because what? we yak too much. Yeah, yeah, you know. Basically. What? We got on tangents? That never what? happens. Hang on. Lore community tangents never. I'm sorry, purple. Your turn for shoutouts. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, my my Ishtar crew is getting bigger and bigger, and I'm so happy um, mm-hmm. to have all of them. Um, we now have Jazzy in charge of transcripts. Yeah, I'm super excited. Um. And as always, I think I mentioned earlier, if you want to read about Warmind stuff or if you want to read backlogs of anything about the lore, you can go to ish.ashcollective.net. If you want to read Warmind slash releases slash Warmind. Cool. Well, and I know we always appreciate having you on. Um, Beard, what do you got for us? Um, dear Bungie, thanks for <laughs> delivering. Um, at least on a on an overall idea, you know there there's been a lot that's been going on lately, of course, and 
I know I have been one of the biggest critics and will continue to be one of your biggest critics. Uh, but to that point, it is because I absolutely love this universe and I hope to see it succeed. Uh, so my biggest shout out honestly goes to them because without them, we wouldn't have had Warmind and I wouldn't have been able to know if my continued uh, positive feeling that I've been feeling ever since those web lore drops happened two weeks ago uh, was going to be a thing uh, as we progressed. So a huge shout to them uh, for doing what I thought was going to be impossible and like bringing me back into the game to actually play it uh, before September. I'm still, I, I all I was thinking about today while I was like doing my due diligence with getting the script together with thinking about it a little bit more was I want to get on and I want to play. I want to get sleeper. I want to get all these other things that are out there right now. Like I want to start building these weapons more. I want to get into more of the scans, just all of it. That is all I could think about while I was doing that. And I have not felt that way in destiny for a long time. So if I can harp on that review any bit, any bit more, you know, uh, watch for, watch for that one soon, or it's already out. I don't know which will happen. Um, (laughs) Further, a uh, a massive shout out to everybody over on the Reddit community who is poking holes into these uh, theories and ideas. Uh, I I love when I start to see the mystery kind of pop up again because it's a welcome sight instead of the continued, well, this game isn't that good kind of mentality. Uh, and it's it's nice to see some different things that are kind of getting thrown into the conversation. Uh, it is becoming more about critique again than it is just voicing to be angry, and I like that, because that's the direction that it should be going for a long time. So, thank you, Reddit, for also doing that, because you've sparked me to say, yeah, okay, things are going in a positive direction, whether anybody wants to actually denote that or not. But I think that's where I'm going to leave it, actually. It's more community-based shout-outs than anything, but... That's basically what it's been this week has been just a lot of community focus. It's been it's been awesome to see all communities kind of coming together with either equal interpretations of what I thought was going on or some some slight uh, derivations thereof. But it's just been welcome to see everybody more in positive atmosphere. Awesome. And Justin, what about you? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Just a big shout out to. The, our wonderful guests, Ms. Purple Chimera, for joining us two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. She she didn't feel like she got a full jo- dose of Justin last week because I came down with a nasty case of narcolepsy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, so she just had to come back for more. So I, I, I really do appreciate you joining us. It's always a pleasure. Um, oh, thank you. Uh, but yeah, and um, again, uh, to kind of echo what Beard said, just not so many words. Um, thank you, Bungie, for you know not not only for getting me back playing because um, that would that would be one thing, but I'm not a solo player. Um, I misery loves company, and and to get to get the people that I play with back playing too, like that's that's important. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really enjoy all the all the um hype and excitement and exuberance and um it's good to look forward to to something and uh I underestimated 
how much I needed shooting people in my life. So, um, yeah. Um, and then my last shout out is to, um, beards macrame channel. Um, it's positively, it's positively laced with good content. It's a real tight knit group over there in the comment section. Um, is that what you want to call it? (laughs) Oh, Mic drop. Look, the joke in general for that is YouTube doesn't have, generally speaking, good comments section. Just for the record, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that my community and my channel has awful comment sections because it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> aside from like two videos, maybe. But I brought yeah. that on myself. I just, I just think um, your your channel is not. Like the others. <laughs> I love how everyone's just like, we don't know how to take that. Uh, and on that note, I'm going to steal the mic from Justin. Uh, just a reminder, next week we are going to be talking about the Guardian potential. Uh, that is especially in regards to you know the, the game world after the Traveler has awoken. Um, and as part of that, the community question that we're kind of giving everyone is, what do you think the next challenge for our Guardians to overcome will be? Um, and I know, I believe Green, I think, said that she was going to try to get that scheduled to go up um, early next week and probably maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe. I don't know. We'll just keep an eye out on Green's Twitter for that. She usually will oh, cross post it with um, the Focus Fire Twitter. Um, other than that, just a big big thank you to like beard and everyone here has said, you know, the community, uh, it's just, it's nice seeing the positive, you know, positive and constructive criticism. Negative criticism is useless in my mind, um, because there's no point to it, but constructive criticism is amazing to read because even if I disagree with you, you know, like I said, with this narrative analysis, I disagree with a lot of what's being said, as far as like the conclusion, I agree a lot with the points. I just, you know, have a different opinion about how they, how they connect. Um, and that's really where conversations really can start and really prosper is through that. So I'm really excited to see, you know, to see the destiny community kind of taking that back over, and you know, really kind of going with that, like beard was saying, but other than that, let's run through some outro notes real quick. And I think we'll probably stay around for a little bit of an after show. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to our episode archives can be found at www.focusfirechat.com. Thank you again, Purple, for joining in on the conversation. I'll be sure to get your contact information up in our show notes for anyone who wants to continue chatting with you. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments or questions for our team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedbacks and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all of our amazing partner podcasts within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. <laughs>